Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Petum here as always, and we're back for another opposition match preview because, of course, Villa travel to Goodison Park on Saturday to face Everton, of course. And it feels like forever since we've played Everton, to be honest, with the pandemic and just everything going on. So, of course, like I always say, to have an opposition preview, we need an opposition fan. And that is Paul from the Toffee Blues, which is a fan site, podcast, and fan channel as well. So without further ado, Paul, how's it going? It's going good, Cole. Thanks very much for having me on. I'm, I'm looking forward to the game. Everton Aston Villa's normally always an entertaining affair. It's the most played fixture in English football, I believe. Two very uh, old, respected clubs that are very classy and do things the right way, unlike certain other clubs in this country. So... I'm looking forward to it and I hope that we get a game that will give us lots of talking points, but for good reasons. Oh, absolutely. I think we can both obviously, we'll disagree in terms of whose teams we want to win, but I think we both agree that we want some entertaining football and you know what, especially for Villa, definitely since, well, I I guess the obvious kind of talking point is Jack Grealish being out and I'm not ever discussing him coming back because I'm not making those predictions anymore. (laughs) Um, I've given up on that whole perspective of assuming when and when he won't come back. So ever since that's been happening, it's been a lot of up and down, grinding out the odd win and a few frustrating performances. And I was kind of looking into Everton's form as of late too. And I think it was something like, uh, where was it here? One draw or sorry, one win, three draws and a loss in the last five. So I guess even before actually we get on to that, let's let's backtrack to really the start of the season. What was the main kind of fan expectation going into this season? Um, to start the season, I think fans would just would have been happy if we'd have got back in the top half and made a push for European football. So you're talking maybe seventh place. Um, now, obviously, it's been a crazy season for every team. There's been lots of injuries and other things that have prevented teams from playing anywhere near the best football. Uh, apart from maybe Man City, that applies to every team in the league. So it, to start the season, Everton were on fire, essentially. I mean, I think we won our first seven or eight games in all competitions. We were putting goals past teams. Uh, we scored five against uh, Brighton, I believe. We went to uh, Tottenham Hotspur on the opening day and won down there and looked pretty comfortable as well. Um I'm not sure if you know about this, but there was also an Everton fan song that became uh, number one in the charts here in the UK. So that gave Everton fans even more reason to just be in dreamland and just loving life in general. Um, the new signings settled in really quickly, like Hamas Rodriguez and Alan and um, Decore that we bought from Watford. It just seemed like everything was going right. And then we had the Merseyside derby incident with Jordan Pickford and Virgil van Dijk. And then, Kind of since then, things sort of slowly 
came back down a little bit. I mean, we didn't hit, go into a bad run of form until a few weeks after that, but we had put in some really poor performances when earlier on in the campaign, we'd been looking like we were blowing teams away with ease. We went to certain other teams who we were expecting to beat and we just didn't turn up at all. And essentially since late winter, it's just been very up and down, very mixed. We've grinded out some really important wins here and there. We've lost some games that fans were just astonished that we couldn't, couldn't win, never mind um, getting defeated in them. Uh, dropped a lot of points at home, which has been really, really annoying. But here we are at the back end of the season now, and we're still very much in the fight. And we're still, it's very possible that we might achieve what we wanted to at the start of the season, which is get back into the top six or seven, qualify for Europe and build for next season. But considering where we were at the in the early point of the season, I think expectations maybe got a little bit too high. And considering where we were a few months ago when we were in a really bad run of form, expectations went really low. So it's just been a very strange year, but in a roundabout way, we're kind of where we expected to be realistically, back in the top half, back challenging for European football and thinking that next season will be even better and we've got a lot of building blocks a lot of building blocks put in place it's kind of interesting listening you kind of speak in that way because honestly if you had a if you had a a Birmingham accent a lot of people would think you're a Villa fan with what you just said because that's kind of been our season too it's it's really interesting both teams I mean you guys started with obviously prolonged kind of better form and of course ours kind of came off the rails a little bit once we played Leeds but whose form really hasn't once they played Leeds this season they're just kind of that anomaly that keeps on giving for some strange reason but anyways aside from them it's it's kind of interesting when you say that because even with our fans a lot of the expectations at early points were well like this is success we haven't had this in forever maybe for some people never and you know what maybe european football could be back and of course now it's a little bit different because we're seven points behind you guys right now but to get really back to the everton perspective of it where do you expect to finish right now like is the fan base kind of torn and where everyone thinks or is there kind of a, a dead set kind of area where you think you know what if we finish there it's okay um a little bit of both uh, fans are torn some supporters think that pushing on for fourth or fifth place is still very doable and it, it is mathematically we're not cut adrift massively by any stretch I think we've got a game in hand we are five points behind Chelsea and I think three point three points behind West Ham and one point behind Liverpool and one point behind Tottenham but I think most supporters if you just offered them seventh place now and seventh place would mean European football with the new Europa Conference League competition I think the majority of fans would take that at this point in the season, considering everything that's happened and the injuries we've had to deal with. But myself personally, I still think that sixth place is attainable. I think fourth is possibly out of reach. Fifth place would be a big ask. You'd have to expect Liverpool to drop a lot of points between now and the end of the season. But when I look at the likes of Tottenham and the shambles that they are currently and the fact that their manager's been fired and they've got some novice guy just there, keeping the seat warm until the end of the year. I think if we finish below Tottenham, then I think that is embarrassing, to be honest, because I don't want to do Tottenham down, but they've had a disaster of a campaign. They've sacked Jose Mourinho, as I've just mentioned. Their best players are making it obvious that they don't want to be there anymore. I think to finish below Tottenham at the moment, when we're only a point behind them, as things stand, I think that would be very, very disappointing. So 
I'd be happy if we got seventh place and Europa Conference League. But if we can maybe get a little bit beyond that, sixth place, then getting in the Europa League, then I think that would be a very successful season, personally. Yeah, I mean, that's more than fair. I'm just looking at the table right now. Of course, you're only one point off Spurs in seventh, two off Liverpool, and of course, uh, three off West Ham. To be honest, it's totally achievable. I mean, uh, who really knows what's going on with West Ham right now in terms of performances? They're dipping. Of course, they've had some injuries there. Uh, We all know know Liverpool's situation, so we don't really have to discuss that because I feel like that's beaten to death. And like you said, their Spurs are a complete mess. But I guess what the one thing, and I've never, I can't even remember if I've ever spoken to an Everton fan, so I'm going to get the opportunity to ask you this right now. What does potentially finishing above Liverpool mean to you? Um, for me, it's not the be-all and end-all type thing. I just I want Everton to be the best side they possibly can be, and that means finishing above everybody. I think that's the mentality that a supporter should have. It's, mm-hmm. you, it's not healthy to just be obs- obsessed with finishing above one specific team. I mean, I, I know a lot of Liverpool fans. It's a very... Um, the city is very, very split. It's 50-50, um, I, I would say, personally, and... It would give me the bragging rights when I go into work um, mm-hmm. if we finished above Liverpool. But considering where Liverpool are, um, they've had so many injury problems. I think it, they're always going to have that excuse of, well, you only finished above us for this reason, and it's not going to be like that next season. So as much it would, as much as it would give us a reason to smile as Everton fans and a bit of a, a reason to tease our neighbours, I don't really think it would say an awful lot considering how much of a disaster Liverpool's own season has been. And I don't think it's it would be a sign of the things to come long-term. I mean, I hope it would, but mm-hmm. I, I don't see Liverpool staying the way they are now. I think Liverpool will be back up there challenging again next season, or I'd be very surprised if they didn't. So if the rare opportunity to finish Liverpool, Liverpool is there, then yes, it would be great. But if it doesn't happen, then as long as Everton get European football, then I wouldn't be disappointed. Yeah, fair enough. I didn't honestly, I didn't even have that question written down. It just came to my mind when I looked at the table. So I thought, what the heck? Let's ask it anyways. Maybe we'll get a get an interesting answer, of course. And I, I guess the one thing that I, I do want to ask you before we get on to the actual match on Saturday itself what's kind of the mindset heading into next season? Of course, that that can vary where you finish, as it can for a lot of teams, of course. And some are just kind of dead stuck like Villa are right now. We're probably probably finishing between, I'd say, I don't know, 12th and maybe even 9th at this point, it feels like. So that's positive for us. But for Everton, what's kind of the, the signs and the chatter kind of going into the summer? Another kind of spending spree? What's going on there? I'm... I think next season, fans just want to see more progress. I mean, regardless of whether we finish in the European places this season or not, we've definitely made big steps forwards considering the mess that we were last season. We ended up finishing in the bottom half, which is a rare thing for us. Um, We're back in the top half this season and we've made big strides. We've went to stadiums and beaten teams that we don't typically do well at. We've entered the the case at Anfield, we were there for the first time in 20 years. We've just beaten Arsenal away for the first time in 25 years. We have, uh, we've got our best away form um, since 1987, which was the last time we actually won the league title. So things are going in the right direction. We're breaking down mental barriers and we're taking positive steps forwards in terms of mindset and how we approach uh, games that we typically don't do well in. Next season, I'd just be happy if we better the points total that we get this season. So if we finished on, let's say, 60 points this season, 
if it's not if we can finish on sixty two or sixty three or even more than that next the next season, I'd be happy with that. So it's all about just finishing as high as we can this season with as many points as we can, and then bettering that next year. And in terms of signings, I I, I don't think we'll go on a massive spending spree where we're just um, throwing money around like water. We just need to focus on getting the right players in and they cost whatever they cost. I mean, obviously you want to get them for as low a fee as you want, as you can for FFP reasons, but I don't expect the club to go out and spend, you know, 30 million on this player, 40 million on another player. I think we might make one big signing because we're getting linked with Max Ahrens, the right back at Norwich and Norwich are going to come up into the Premier League themselves. So, they're going to charge big money, which the more the right to do. So I can see us maybe splashing out on maybe one big signing, but I can probably see us picking up a lot of shrewd, or I hope anyway, that we'll make a few shrewd signings here and there and fill out the squad a little bit and get rid of the deadwood players that we know are not going to be able to carry us forward. Fair. Is there one particular position that's kind of priority at Everton right now? There's probably two. There's the right-back position that I've just mentioned, and it, it seems pretty clear that Max Ahrens is the number one target for that. Um, and we also need another central midfield player because we've got two central midfield players at the moment who we can really hang our hat on in Alan and Zakore. Those two players only arrived last summer, which shows you how poor and how desperate the situation has been for a long time. We've got quite a few midfield players, but other than Alan and Zakore, there's just not a lot of faith in the other players that we have here. Andre Gomez had that nasty ankle injury and he's just, sadly, he just doesn't seem to have managed to fully shake it off. It's not the same player anymore. That's sad, but it's reality. We can't wait around forever and hope that he one day goes back to being the player he was. We've got um, Fabian Delph, who's just a sick note. <laughs> Mr. Fabian, I mean, he's positive. He's a popular boy with Aston Villa fans, I imagine. But oh, very. <laughs> I mean, Fabian Zelf is just as popular with Everton fans as he is with Aston Villa fans. I can tell you that right now. If you find one Everton fan who's got anything positive to say about Fabian Zelf, then <laughs> you found a, a diamonds in the rough, really. Um, who else have we got in the midfield positions? We've got Tom Davis, who's hot and cold. He's still very young, but he's not a player who we could probably start in 25 games and fans would have confidence he can kind of come in and do a job here and there, but he's, I don't think he's good enough to be starting for a side that's serious about breaking into the top six and beyond, personally. And there's just other players as well who are maybe young, who are not ready to make the step up yet. So we need to buy a central midfield player to, to um, offer competition for Decore and Alan because apparently Angelotti looks set to go for a 4-3-3 system long-term, and he's got two players for that. He's going to need that third man to join in that system with the two midfields I've just mentioned. We need a right back as well because Seamus Coleman is getting up there in age. He's had some injuries over the years. Um, John Joe Kenny, who's a local boy, um, has gone on loan to Celtic. He's clearly not going to cut the cut the mustard. It's very obvious that Carlo Angelotti doesn't believe he's capable of being the long-term successor. So a right back and a central midfield player, and there's a few other positions as well, but they're the two um, positions that we absolutely have to strengthen if we're going to improve next season. Fair enough. I'm always interested to see what other clubs kind of see in the market. Of course, when you it's your own club, you're kind of always focused on that. So I always like kind of asking those questions because who doesn't really like talking about transfers? But let's get on to the game. Of course, like I said um, at the start of this conversation, uh, the last time, of course, we played each other was in Project Restart, and 
probably one of the most frustrating games we had during that whole uh, what seemed like an absolute whirlwind where Ezri Konza got us in front and then the 87th minute Theo Walcott scored a goal that I didn't think went over the line based on the camera angle until they replayed it back and it just absolutely shattered my heart at that moment to know that uh, we're still in this. We're not getting out of this quite yet, <laughs> but thankfully we survived. But nonetheless, things are a lot more different now. We're finally safe. We don't have to worry about relegation. It's It's been like that for a few weeks and it's a nice feeling to be honest, Paul. So long may that continue for us, I hope. But anyways, heading into this game, of course, what are your feelings on it? Is it, is it something you look at and say, you know what, this is a game that Everton can win? If we hadn't just beaten Arsenal, then I would be very, very apprehensive about this game because, as I mentioned earlier, Everton's home form this season has just been really, really bad. I think the the record low amount of victories that we've had in a Premier League season, there's 19 home games, 19 away games in a, in a Premier League campaign. The, the fewest uh, home victories we've ever managed was under Roberto Martinez. I think in his final season in 2015-16, and he only won six out of 19. This season, we've only won five out of, I think, 17 that we've had so far. So I don't want Carlo Angelotti to be stuck with that record of as being the Everton, the Everton manager who managed fewest home wins in a campaign, even though it's obviously been a very strange and unusual campaign um, because of other circumstances that are beyond everyone's control. But the fact that we've just beaten Arsenal, I think has raised everyone's morale. I th- there was a lot riding on that game. If we hadn't took the three points, then I think everyone would have just kind of given up on achieving Europe this season and just essentially thrown in the towel and would have just been waiting for the season to end. But the fact that we went to Arsenal and won has kept everyone very, very determined and very, very hopeful that we can actually salvage European football after all. So I think fans are looking forward to this game and very eager to get the win rather than just having the, the mentality of, well, let's just go in there and not lose, which is what we would have done had we not managed to beat Arsenal. It would have just been a case of, let's just not let Villa beat us because if Villa beat us, then they'll write on our tails and they could probably finish above us now. And I I think as long as we don't lose this game to Aston Villa, then I think um, eighth place at least is guaranteed for Everton. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I, to be honest, I always like seeing Everton do well. You guys are a very well-run club. Um, kind of always one of those clubs I kind of always think are a friendly club too. So, you know what? I do hope it's an entertaining one. And I, I guess another question for you to here, Paul, is if there's one part of this Aston Villa team, I don't know how much knowledge you know on our current day squad, but if there's one area of our team you look at, where would you say that, you know what, Everton could expose that essentially? Um... I'm not sure so much as exposed. There was an area that I was worried about. It was obviously Jack Grealish, but I also really rate him, Ollie Watkins. I think he's a great player and he was a really shrewd buy for Aston Villa. Uh, he could give our centre-backs problems because our defence has just been really wonky in the last few weeks. I mean, I don't know if you saw the game against Tottenham where we just passed practically through two goals in our own net. Ollie Watkins is the type of player where you can't be switching off around him, otherwise he's going to have your trials, have your shorts down and he's going to take advantage. John McGinn, I think, is a really, really good player. And as I mentioned, Alan is going to have to have a really good game in order to keep McGinn quiet because Decore is injured at the moment and Andre Gomez isn't reliable and neither's Tom Davis and Fabian Delft probably won't even be fit to play. So John McGinn is going to have a really good battle with Alan. That would worry me. If Alan's having an off today, then John McGinn could really dominate that midfield area and have a great performance. 
Um, the goalkeeper, Martinez, I, I rate I rate highly. I mean, I don't think he's world-class or anything, but I do think he's a goalkeeper who is better than the goalkeeper we've got, Jordan Pickford. So that, that would worry me. And in the last few weeks, goalkeepers have just seemed to have world-class performances against us. I mean, I don't know if you saw the Crystal Palace game either, but that goalkeeper they have, I think it's greater. Yeah, I mean, he, he's one of those players where he's a solid pro, but you know he's not going to stand out in, in any side that he plays for, and no, no other Premier League team is going to look at him and think, man, we should go and sign that guy. But he looked like prime giant Luigi Buffon when he played at Goodison Park a few weeks ago. So I just really hope there's certain players, Aston Villa teams, who don't turn up and have really great performances because if they do, then Everton are going to find it really, really difficult. Oh, fair enough. What you you kind of mentioned Pickford there? Uh, what's what's the general consensus among your fan base with him? Because I always see kind of the opposition fan or the neutral kind of England fan just not rating him at all, and then you will have a few that maybe they're I don't know from the Sunderland tribe or something that just obviously he's a local there, so they rate him to the the moon really on that one. But where do you sit with him? He's just a, such a frustrating player because I think the talent is there. I really do. It's just the mindset is wrong or it's been wrong for a long time. I mean, there are ta- there are moments where Jordan Pickford will pull off a world-class save and there'll be another time where he sing- single-handedly costs you a game. I mean, I've lost count of the amount of times Jordan Pickford has put in, you know, one out of 10 performances for Everton and it's ended up being the difference between us losing a game and winning a game. But the last few weeks or months, he's picked up his form again. Kind of has these runs where he kind of doesn't do anything wrong for three or four months and maybe fans are willing to get on board with him again and say, oh, maybe we were too harsh last time. We were, um, you know, dismissing him and saying he's not good enough and we need to get rid of him as quick as we can. Maybe we were wrong. And then he will just do something else to the blue that will make fans think, oh, there it is. There it is again. That's the Pickford we know. It's just a very bizarre situation with him. And I think... What happened with Van Dijk um, earlier on in the season, I think, kind of rallied supporters behind him a bit more because last season, especially fans were just, and in the early part of the season when he was in poor form, fans were just really, really sick to the back teeth of Jordan Pickford and were calling for the manager to just sell him as quickly as we can and let's go out and get a different goalkeeper. We just we can't stomach this guy anymore. Whereas when that happened and then the over-the-top outrage that happened... Because he didn't mean to order, he didn't mean to injure um, Virgil Van Dijk the way he did. It was just unfortunate. And but I think some of the criticism that got thrown his way was very personal and very over the top from certain sections of the media and certain pundits in the media who are have a Liverpool bias. And it ended up getting very very unsavoury because I don't know if you know this, but Jordan Pickford ended up having to hire private security because he didn't feel safe. Oh wow. Him. Him and his family didn't feel safe because of the amount of heat that he was getting coming his way and just the amount of overall he was on it was on the English TV every day on Sky Sports over here. It just seemed like to, it wouldn't die, the story. There were talks of um Liverpool should sue him, Van Dyke should sue him. It was just so farcical. And you thought, you know what, when is this story gonna go away? So I think fans kind of got behind Pickford again after that, out of um, sympathy, thought, right, no matter what we think of him as a football. Baller, he kind of doesn't deserve this level of criticism. So fans are willing to get behind him again. And the last couple of months, he's he's done okay. As I mentioned earlier on, he's having one of those runs of form where he keeps clean sheets. He does the basics, and fans are maybe thinking, you know what, maybe there's a goalkeeper in there after all. But you just can't ever let your guard down with him because you just 
know the mistake is around the corner and it'll pop up somewhere and it will usually have dire consequences. So I know I've gone on for a long time here, mm-hmm. but my personal opinion is I think Everton should still be looking to cut bait with Jordan Pickford in the summer. I just don't think he's reliable enough. And I think there's a goalkeeper out there who is less eccentric and more steady. And I think that's what Everton needs if they're going to kick on and achieve things. No, that's more than fair enough. I I don't know. I My kind of whole tell sign with him was like, okay, Sunderland were really poor that season. They went down. I can understand that. Of course, he was the keeper in that situation. So he, I, and he's young and of course he made some good saves. And I mean, uh, kind of a lot of sympathy goes that way with him in that circumstance too. And then he's kind of just projected as England's future number one. And I, I think... I, some people always say you need a good defense in front of a good goalkeeper, but at some point the goalkeeper has to be at fault too. So uh, for what you guys paid for him, especially, I just, and I, I mean, English inflation too with homegrown players has always been a, an, an issue as well. And I mean, you get that anywhere. So it is what it is, but yeah, I don't know. I personally don't rate him that highly. I think you could probably get someone for half his price that could probably put in the same performances. And if you spend maybe a little bit more, you get someone better, but that that's my opinion on him. But anyways, Paul, uh, before we wrap things up, could I get your score prediction, please? Um, it's going to be a hard game. And I think Aston Villa are going to have to come and look for the victory because if this is anything less than Aston Villa win, then I think there's no chance Aston Villa can finish above Everton. Is it? And Dean Smith's not going to come to Goodison Park and be conservative because he knows what that means. If he's conservative and he just looks to put men behind the ball, then what's he really hoping to achieve? Because a point's no no good, really, is it? Um, I think it'll be an open game, but I think Everton's... Uh, we've got Hamas Rodriguez back in form. We've got Richarlison. Calvert-Lewin is due a goal. Um, all our injuries seem to be easing now. I think Everton have maybe just about got enough to get, uh, to get a victory here. I'll go for a 1-0. I think Aston Villa, it'll be an open game, but there'll be a lot of chances and maybe both goalkeepers will have good performances, pulling off good saves. But I just f- think Everton might nick it tight game. They've got we've got to play again in a couple of weeks in the rearranged game of Villa Park and maybe it'll be a roles reverse where Aston Villa just edges at Villa Park. But I think here at Goodison Park, Everton might will probably just get get the better of it. Yeah, it's a tough one because, of course, like you said there, we still have that reverse fixture. So, like, looking at our schedule, we still have you guys twice, of course, and then Palace. Those are probably the ones where most fans look at and say, like, we can probably get something out of because after that it's United. Well, actually, you know what? Spurs, too, so who knows what's going on there, but I feel like we never play well against them. And then, of course, we finish our season against Chelsea. So it's really a tough one, especially for this game because when I sit and look at it, I think, okay, there's areas where we – can do well but our midfield is just so hit and miss one game it's absolutely on fire the other no next three is just completely missing there really hasn't been consistency and that's probably something since Jack Grealish has been out that's kind of told us okay like maybe him being out has actually been a bit of a blessing it's shown that certain areas that we need to improve really no matter if he's inside or outside of the squad really essentially and we all know what's going to go on with Ross Barkley essentially he's going back to Chelsea it just really hasn't worked out and I just can't see anyone paying 40 million for him but that's my little villa rant but uh, I'm, I'm going to go for a one all score line I think it's going to be a tight game um, we haven't been scoring too many goals if we have some of them have been by luck I know some of your games of late have been pretty tight too so I think that's a fair score line but uh Paul, we'll wrap things up there. But before we do, uh, if you'd like to go ahead now, uh, feel free to plug anything you wish. 
Um, I'll just I mentioned I'm part of the Toffee Blues fan channel and um, social media presence. We're, we're on uh, Twitter, we're on YouTube, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook for anyone who's interested in Everton-related news and, you know, likes a giggle. You can give us a follow because even though we are an Everton channel, there are some pretty funny um, things that get posted on there. Like <laughs> John is the admin who runs the account, and he's, he's usually very witty and things like that. It just when he's commenting on general football stories, whether it's going on with the European Super League, whether it's a club in Europe or something that another club in the Premier League is getting up to, usually John's got a very funny hot take on it. So it might be worth a follow just to make yourself laugh. Absolutely. Well, guys, go check it out. Of course, it's always good to see kind of what other clubs are up to, too, and kind of get a neutral standpoint and other things as well. So go check that out. Of course, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Talk Aston Villa. You can tweet the team as well at 7500 to Holt. You can email the podcast at well as well, I should say, Holtcast at gmail.com. But without further ado, we'll wrap it up there. We should be back uh, Monday morning for the uh, review and kind of general podcast following uh, the game on Saturday and do kind of uh, keep in mind guys that of course uh, the 7,500 to Holt team will also be taking part in the um, I can't remember the exact phrase for it but basically the social media blackout uh, most clubs within the Premier League I guess are doing it so a lot of fan sites are following as well so you won't see too much on the social media but of course you will see uh, everything as per normal post-match and pre-match um, on the website which is www.7500toholt.com but anyways like I said before we'll wrap it up there hopefully an entertaining result on Saturday and don't forget uh, the villa When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.